Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. As always, I am your host, John, from Edmonton, Alberta. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, dude? Not much, buddy. I'm I'm in recovery mode. I just did a long week of work. Just uh, went out for dinner with a girlfriend, I guess, and just kind of hanging out, ready to talk to you. Long week of partying, probably, actually. Just <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Work, okay? that, you're right. I'm a total trash bag. <laughs> you know what is going to be a long week of partying? I'm, I'm in Vegas and you're in LA like less than two weeks from today, which is super exciting. I'm so stoked. Yeah, me as well. I booked my place right down on Sunset. I'm pretty much like a minute walk from the comedy store. So oh, I'll probably nice. be hanging out there all the time. I think I, I was listening to Segura's podcast today and I think he's like pretty regular at the comedy store. Or is that the New York one? Do you know by chance? Uh, no, no. It's the one in California. Yeah. And I actually, Segura, like he's one of my favorite comedians as well. And I checked his schedule and he's not on tour the last two weeks of February here. So I'm, He'll probably be popping I'm guaranteeing in. I'll see him. Yeah. Nice. That'll be awesome. Some of those comedy store bits too are like so funny that when they're just like testing material and shit. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Get away with a lot more shit there, I think, than you would anywhere else. Yeah, yeah for sure. And just like less risk. If it bombs, they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's not on my tour. Like people aren't paying directly to see me. They're paying to see everybody, right? But anyways, I guess we got some hockey to talk about. We should probably probably deal with that. Um, before we get into the NHL and Oilers talk, everybody, we do want to mention again, we are proudly partnered with Alley Cap Brewery. So if you go into Alley Cap Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta, drop the code THPN and you'll get 10% off your bill there. We are going to be recording there live the afternoon of the 22nd. That's a Saturday before Kyle and I go to the game against the Jets. Hopefully McDavid's back for that one. But if anyone wants to come, I don't know, maybe we'll even have other people jump on the podcast. We'll just be dicking around for like 15 or 20 minutes anyways. So feel free to pop in and get a discount off your tab and uh, listen to some podcasting live. But anyways, we are also doing a Twitter giveaway courtesy of Gong Show Hockey as well as our network guys giving away a Oilers colored hat with Gong Show. It's kind of one of the ones that has like the laces as the main thing on it. So I'm not, I haven't rocked a hat like that, but they are, they look pretty sweet by the pictures. So check that out on Twitter. I'll make sure that's our pinned tweet. By the time this episode drops, all you have to do is tag two friends, follow both us and the network and retweet it, I believe. So, and we don't have very many entries. So if you want a hat shipped to you, jump in on that one. But anyways, before we get going here into the hockey discussion, the last thing we need to tell you about is my bookie. I know personally, I nailed a $75 bet on like, it was like a nine or a $10 bet, $75 payout last night on the game against Chicago. So that was wicked. But anyways, you can bet on those Oilers, get a little bit bigger of a payout if those Oilers continue winning with Connor out of the lineup. Turn that knowledge into cold, hard cash with mybookie.ag. You can pull your bets together. I'm a huge fan of that. That's why I got that big payout on a pretty slim bet. MyBookie has more lines, better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a grand. 
That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code as always THPN. Once again, that is promo code THPN and you get your extra cash from my bookie bet, win, get paid. No, that was fantastic, John. I was very impressed with it. Thank you, Kyle. I need a booster. I'm here for moral support. That's my job. You are. You are. Okay, enough of all that, though. Let's get into the hockey talk. So we are going to do a quick around the league segment. Just one topic with Bo Meester and that crazy, scary event happening the other night. We're also going to talk about a couple of the Oilers transactions that Chicago or that win versus Chicago, excuse me. And obviously the terrifying, terrifying McDavid injury that all Oilers fans are freaking out about right now and rightfully so. But anyways, let's kick it off. That Bo Meester incident, like not the first player to collapse. There's been a couple, the Flames player last year, I believe it was at practice. And, but that one yeah, was TJ Brody. scary. Yeah. Thank you. It was Brody. Thank you very much for jumping in there. I was completely blanking, but that was one of the scarier ones. I feel like, Hey, yeah. So it was tough to see, right? It was, it was off camera uh, when it happened. Like he didn't see him collapse, but he was collapsed behind the bench, like early on into the game. Right. It was, it was uh, in the first period and man, like absolutely what a scary situation. Uh, luckily he's apparently, doing okay in the hospital. Um, but there's only ever been two other times that somebody else has had a cardiac arrest on on the ice, right? It was Yuri Fisher and Rich Peverly, and both of them retired directly after that. And I mean, although he's an Ironman in Bowmeister, right? Like, Bowmeister, sorry. Um, like, it, he is old, and I, I do think it's probably hard to see him come back from that like I, I would think that you're going to be questioning yourself every time you come back onto the ice and how much you can exert yourself now right I think it depends on like what the underlying issue comes out as right like if it's like a cardiac episode that they can diagnose and treat and like get them on medication that's gonna prevent that I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back if it was one of those like you know like you hear of just like weird like underlying like undiagnosed stuff and if they can't like pinpoint exactly what happened. I've, I'm with you. Like, I feel like he's got to consider retiring just if they can't like be fairly confident that that's not going to happen to him again. Right. Like you look at the toll these guys are putting on their bodies and we were talking in our group chat with the network today and like just the amount of traveling, like not even the games, right? Like the amount of travel and moving around and practicing and all this stuff that these guys do you've got to be pretty confident that that's not going to be an issue, right? Like there are things that are vastly more important than the game of hockey. And obviously his life is one of those. In a full 60 minute game of hockey, of course there's tons of stress involved, but two with the travel, right? Like they've been playing 82 games for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. And, and before the NHL was as successful as it is, and it started chartering flights everywhere, teams would go and play like a back to back games in one city to cut down on the travel costs, right? Um, and maybe that would be a better solution. It would it would kind of suck. I mean, it's it's nice playing teams all over the place, but I mean, you look how we played Vancouver and Calgary this year, one being in the first half and one being halfway through the season where we played pretty much all of our games against those teams. Like, why not just do it that way to give at least some sort of break? But And that's the thing where it's like you kind of wonder if 
you look at baseball, right? With like they play series throughout the season. I'm not saying like mm-hmm. the NHL should do that. But if they did do something similar, like kind of a hybrid system, but the traditional hockey fan in me says, I really don't want that that to happen. But there's a lot of toll going on. I mean, I'm not going to say that travel even had anything for sure to do with Bo Meester, right? Like for all we know, it was completely unrelated, but it, it's just weird or, to see that a guy dealing that's with had outside no, stress of the game too. Right? Well, exactly. So. It's just weird to see a, like a guy that has had no reported health issues like this in the past, obviously. And all of a sudden, just like a freak thing like that happens later on in his career. And I mean, not to say like on the scheme of things, as far as being a human being, he's not a very old person at all, but maybe that's another thing where like he is old on the terms of the NHL and maybe that toll, like his body just can't take it. But obviously again, that that's a lot of speculation, but at the end of the day, like he isn't, you know, not that it makes it any worse or better, but he is an Edmonton guy. So it's like a little bit closer to home for for people that live here and are fans of this team. So obviously we're wishing him a a quick speedy recovery and hopefully that does get, you know, treated and he can return to playing hockey assuming that's something that he wants to do. But it was just an incredibly scary moment. Like I can't, you know, like you see I think it was Pang, he was getting emotional on the broadcast, right? And you see all the players and how concerned they were obviously, but it's just a very scary moment in the hockey world, man. Like it was terrifying. Yeah. And and on top of it too, like not that you want to see it happen to anybody, but what a guy to have it happen to as well. Right. Like he is an Iron Man. He's always been like a, a character player. He's not a dirty player. And, and yeah, like I would be very upset if I was in the ice watching that happen to him too. Like, and, and upset, obviously watching the game outside of For it. For sure. So, I mean, I don't think it overly matters. I know you're saying you're not saying it like is only sad. It doesn't matter that, who it happened to, but just yeah. like it, it in, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Not wishing it on anybody, of course. Right. Just, yeah. yeah. It, it's still like, like terrible situation. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I got you. Um, but anyways, let's, let's move on to some happier, happier news. Best of luck with, uh, with Jay and his recovery there, but we do have other stuff to talk about. So, um, we're going to just briefly touch on this, but just some tr- transactions I'm sure everybody has heard about is Benson was recalled and Neil placed on IR retroactive to January 30th, which if I'm not mistaken, Kyle, that means Neil can pretty much get taken off the IR at any moment, correct? I believe so, right? It's only two weeks retroactive. Because I think it's only seven days or 10 days. Like it's a week that you have to stay on the IR, right? I thought it was 14. So he's technically beyond the IR since the 30th. It's the 12th, 13th when this drops. So it's unfortunate. He's obviously expected to be out for longer than they were initially projecting. And I mean, especially when you combine that with obviously McDavid being hurt, team's kind of going through a rough stretch. And that was one of the things with where the bye week and all-star game fell is it was almost seven days. Sorry, John. So it is seven days. Okay. So it's just unfortunate with like where the bye week fell where like we were a little bit banged up. But you see that it's like Russell's out, Neil's out, McDavid's out. And it's like, if the, all that could have happened right before the bye week, that would have been ideal. But you can't pick where guys get hurt, unfortunately, or when guys get hurt. Excuse me. Hopefully Benson has a better showing this time up. Uh, he looked lost out there, right? Last time he was up and, and previously. Definitely looked uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll... It'll come to him. He just needs to be a little bit more comfortable with the speed of the game. Um, it's not like he hasn't had success down in the AHL, right? He is the top point getter down there. I think it will click with him. Um, he's just maybe, I mean, it, preferably he's still down in the AHL, right? He needs more time to uh, ripen. I think the big thing was like Tippett obviously saw more in practice and Holland saw more than we did. 
So we're only really going off the two games he played. But he was also in the bottom six, which I'm fine with easing him in. But I don't think you can like fully evaluate a guy either there. We're just based off who he's playing with, like the role he's playing in. It's not like our bottom six. I mean, they're serviceable for sure. And I would even argue that they're good, but it's much more of a check and grinding than it is where Benson's play suits him, right? So I'm curious now with the injuries, does he play on the second line with Haas and Gagne or something like that? I mean, I'm not saying he for sure does. I'm just curious. I would like him to get better minutes, right? Like when he did come up here before, um, although he looked lost, he he was only given like a very small chance on McDavid's wing. And I, I really kind of agreed with Tippett. I wouldn't have kept him out there either. Uh, it was a close no. game. I forget who it was against. And, he, and you can't let him be a, a liability the entire game, right? But I would have kept putting him out there um, throughout the game, like gave him a shift every five minutes, ten minutes or something with that first line again and then sat him back on the third or, or something just to try to spark something for him. You know, it's hard to evaluate a guy there. But at the same time, if you're going to get top six minutes in the NHL, you've also kind of got to prove that you're ready for that, right? And he didn't show that. So it goes both ways, but, you know, it, it was only two games. So maybe he's going to be more comfortable this time. It was very, like, not very long ago. He was literally sent down for, like, five days. Well, and being sent down too, right? Maybe he reflected on that. Exactly. And, maybe yeah, maybe he did take that time and kind of reflect on some things. And, I mean, I'm not expecting a vastly, like, different player, but I'm also fine with giving him a shot, you know, I just hope he gets like a legit shot, I guess is all I'm saying. And if he's not ready, that's fine. You know, it's not time to hit the panic or anything like finishing the year in the AHL and then giving him another shot in training camp. Absolutely no problem with that. There was another thing before we get into the game and the McDavid injury. Um, Nygaard, kind of a sneaky, unexpected extension. One year, 850K. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that because at the end of the day, it's completely variable. So if Nygaard comes back from his injury, goes into next year and he's not an NHL player and he loses his spot, you waive him. Even if he clears, you send him down here and he doesn't hit your cap. So I, I like that Holland is kind of doing these like easy signings early and just getting them out of the way where he obviously wants, you know, more time to see what type, you know, like what kind of NHL impact this player is going to have. I honestly thought it was a bit early on Nygaard. Um, I was more surprised that Archibald and Shehan were the ones to be signing their contracts first, uh, considering like who he has signed right now with Nurse and Cassian, right? Um, and I would assume that those signings probably will come here in the short future. You saw the same thing with Caleb Jones, though, too, right? Where like no one was really expecting that. You have guys like Nurse and Bear that are much more eager, but I think part of the reason why he's doing this is just because these are the cheap deals. There's no, there's no way Nygaard's going to be like, oh no, Holland, I, I deserve 1.5 million based off of what I've shown, right? Where Shahan and Archibald might, might have. I just think it's going to be more of a negotiation process with those guys. But that's also me speculating. I mean, I have no fucking idea. For all I know, Holland hates those guys, and he's not going to resign them. And you're going to have two pretty sad podcast hosts. Yeah, they talk shit in a taxi cab every day about Holland. So he, he found out <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Man, that. I'm glad you brought that up. That video is still like, so funny to me. <laughs> oh man, too good. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's get into that game, Kyle. Oilers went 5-3. First, first game without Connor going down with that injury. 
So where are we going here? Do you want to, I mean, we're about probably going to just fuse these two together, these two topics. Well, I mean, hot start, right? Like we have to start there. I, by the time I turned the game on, even it was already one nothing. I had to go back and see the Shahan goal, putting him up like a minute in. So yeah. I, I love that, right? Like came out, weren't slacking and letting the other team get 10 shots while we got two. Um, came out, although they sat back a little bit um, after that goal. Like I, I, I thought that the entire game we were competitive, consistent. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun game to watch. Like I, I thought that we would have ran away um, earlier on in the game just by who Chicago is, but they've also been a very successful team here recently as well, right? So, um, well, and that was I want to I want to hit on that. So. I had two Oilers fans today at work and I showed up and I was pretty, pretty stoked about the win. And, and just because McDavid was out, right? Like I don't want, like this team can't afford to go one and seven or oh and eight over these next two weeks. So getting those two points early, the first game he was out and that line really rolling, Shahan chipping in and, and the team looking decent without Connor. I was jazzed. And both these other Oilers fans are like, oh, but it was Chicago. And I'm like, I don't think Chicago is that bad of a team. Like, I don't, they're not an elite team or a really good team by any means anymore, but like they're serviceable. Well, they're six, two, and two in their last 10, and they're five points out of a playoff spot right now. So, like, I think they're better than teams like Ottawa and um, Detroit and Buffalo and stuff like that. Like, they're definitely near the bottom, but like they're a bottom 10 team. But the gap between like, you know, you take out the top three teams in the league and the worst three teams in the league, and the gap between those teams is not that big. Oh, not at all. It's it's so like not so, but just the parity in this league, right, is insane. And although Chicago isn't the same team that it was just a few short years ago, for sure, there's still a bunch of veterans on that team, like Keith Sod, uh, Taze, Kane, right, and then they have young kids coming up too, like Doc. Although he's not putting up tons of points necessarily, he still plays a great game every every time. Uh, like I, I got to see him live, um, unlike you, but uh, I did too. And <laughs> but uh, I got to see his 16 year old brother live and chirp him because I thought he was Kirby Doc. I'm like, why are you so bad? Why'd you go third overall, Kirby? <laughs> but. It, when I seen him play here in Montreal, I, I thought he played a fantastic game. Like he was consistently a pest on the ice and always in the right position. So they have a future too. But, I, and, and even right now, like this with their veterans there, like they still are a team to worry about. Like they know how to play hockey and, and to overlook them is just so short sighted by fans. I know, like, I think that wasn't the vast majority of fans. Maybe I just had the luck of the draw where I had two pessimistic dudes that are like, oh, but it's Chicago. But any other fans thinking that, I mean, I I strongly disagree with. Like, I think that was a solid performance against a decent team. So, obviously, I mean, Dry was the big monster. So, as we get into there, I am so happy with Dry right now. Not because of the obvious that he put up four points and not won the game single-handedly, but was a huge part of it. So my bet the other night that I mentioned in the ad read there, I bet that the over six goals or six and a half goals or whatever it was, that the Oilers would win by two and that Drysaddle would score. So Drysaddle hitting that empty netter with like two seconds left or whatever it was, literally went from me losing the like nine, 10 bucks or whatever it was to winning 75 on top oh, of that. That's so awesome. I was like, that's fuck. Super sweet. Yeah. 
And I've had some bad luck at like end of games with like late empty netters screwing up puck lines and stuff like that for me. So of I was course stoked. you have I was, with this team. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, no, not even with this team, just NHL in general. Oh, in general. Okay. I was like, I was watching the game like at the end and I saw the puck kind of go to dry sidle and I'm with some coworkers at our, at our workhouse here. And I'm like, we're kind of just like BS and having a couple of drinks or whatever. And I'm like freaking out as like the game's already over and they're all like, what are you so like, on edge about and then dry settle scored and I like freaking sullied around the living room. And it's like, oh no, I'm not, I don't care. Like I knew the Oilers were gonna win. I just won 75 bucks. Like fuck yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh but sorry speaking of dry settle too like shout out to that second line that's now our first line again. Well now I guess not with McDavid out right not again but uh eight points between the three of them dry settle with three huge assists and then that empty net goal like yep. any kind of um, negativity or or doubt that they weren't going to carry this team, like it, it happened right there. Now we do have a bunch of tough games coming up, right? We play for sure uh, Florida and Boston here, like quickly, and and those games, Tampa. like yeah, yeah, Tampa. Sorry too, yeah, Drysital and and Nugent Yams are are really going to have to carry that team there. And I think they can do it. It just more becomes... I'm honestly going to disagree because I think... We have a we have a more complete roster now, though. Our bottom six is chipping in more. No, with and it. that's the thing. Like, that line is going to be money. And my only fear is, is that teams game plan against us, especially when we go on the road and we can't get the second change. And they're just going to stack against that line and defeat us that way. So if that happens you either need one of two things to happen to be successful. Other guys in the bottom three lines have to chip in or that line needs to get split up, which I don't want to see happen. So I, I really look at this next like two week stretch. And you mentioned like we've got both Florida teams, that being Tampa and the Panthers, Carolina, Boston, and then it gets easier with Minnesota, LA, Anaheim to wrap up the, the first two weeks if McDavid comes back after that. But these next four games, I really... Like, I really think the players, especially like just looking at the forward group, Cassian needs to step up and come up with a timely goal or two. Chieson does like it. it you're not going to be successful in those games with one line. And I'm not even really worried about the first line. I do. Th I do think that there's going to be a lot of talk in that locker room about playing for their captain, though, because hey, if they don't play right now, the season's gone. Hey, well, exactly. Like if they go, they can't afford to go on a big slide, even though they're in a pretty good situation. And I think you hit it right on the head there. Like, I really hope this team is going to step up like right through the lineup. And the other thing is, is like, don't get me wrong. The players definitely know that McDavid deserves the recognition he gets from the press and fans and other teams, the whole nine yards. But don't you kind of think too, where this team has been hearing for years that it was like, oh, without McDavid, you'd be a bottom seed team. And then Drysaddle emerged as a legit superstar too. And it was like, oh, the two-headed monster. And how many media members like leave Nuge off when they're talking about key players the Oilers have or Clefbaum or Nurse or either of the goalies or Bear stepping up, right? Especially well, and the and everybody's a media. product of McDavid, right? So Nobody can exactly. be. Exactly. So that's really what I'm hoping where it's like, these guys should be looking at this where it's like, not that they have a chip on their shoulder against Connor, but they should have a chip on the shoulder that it's like, look, we can tread water in this league without him for a short term or a short amount of time. Not even tread water. Like they can compete. The, the 
team is actually playing as a team now, which like our roster has been a mess for years. And this roster, although it's it, it's better, it's definitely no contender for sure, right? Like we can we could definitely win the Stanley Cup if we make it into the playoffs. Any team can. And I think we have a great chance of doing it if we get there, right? But to look at a roster on paper, you want to think it is. The team can get so much better. Yeah. Right? So there's no way you're taking us over Tampa or Carolina or Boston or St. Louis or any of those teams. Pittsburgh, like they're just deeper than we are. But if they can compete right now and just shut up some of the naysayers that say that they're not good enough and prove that they are, like, they're a playoff team, even without McDavid, right? And when he comes back into the fold, like, we're a threat. We're, we're a threat right now. Like, I, I no contender status, but with McDavid on this team, like, I, I'm sold on in the roster. Like, have been, obviously, for months, but the rest of the league has to get some respect, and I think that this period is going to give it to them. So I've got two questions for you. I think I really like the way you were going there, and I think you hit on some key points. So you mentioned that you don't think this team only can only tread water. You think they can actually like be a productive team for the short term. So this eight-game stretch in the two weeks that McDavid is most likely going to miss unless he happens to come back early. So Chicago is already a win. We have Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Boston, which I believe all those games are on the road. Minnesota, LA, and Anaheim. What do you think the record is going to be in those two weeks? I know we both hate doing predictions, but I feel like we should take a shot in the dark. I gotta think that we're taking at least one in Florida. I'm gonna. It's probably over the Panthers, but just because the Lightning have been playing good lately, the Bruins have been hit and miss. To be honest, over the past month, right? Like they've been hot, but they've also lost to Detroit, like in a pretty bad showing just a week ago right so i think we could come out of there and i'm hoping sorry just to just to rant again i hope we come out of the kings and ducks games uh and nights all with wins because we're there um i think very realistically 500 hockey is no question from this team i think that's that's doable i think the wild it's a competitive game i think the bruins we're going to compete against the panthers the hurricanes will be a fast team I think that one could be trouble in the Lightning just from the speed. But the rest of the teams, the Kings, Ducks, and Knights, I think that we could win, man. I think with with a, a team that shows up every night and is an emotional roster, I think we could come out of there five and three. That's Man, we think too much alike. I have losing in Tampa, winning in Florida, overtime loss in Carolina, loss in Boston, and then winning three games. So five, two, and one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. I, you didn't tell me that shit. That's just, yeah, that's what I see. From no, no. I mean, yeah, like I, that's just the way I, I look at it. But I'm I'm with you too, where it's like this team has been plagued so long with not showing up to teams we should beat. And I'm really hoping with McDavid out, this team takes those games way more seriously and just goes into every game as the underdog, honestly, and just just really fights and and shows up with that that commitment and that effort. So the unfortunate thing is Kyle. Oh, so you're going to be at the LA and Anaheim game. So they're pretty much for sure. Not going to have Connor. That's unfortunate. That's going to be the earliest he would get back. The very earliest would be against the Kings. The only hope I have like for my sake is that it's a divisional opponent after we're on this road trip. I don't think so, man. I think that because when they announced two to three weeks, the day after two weeks was the Vegas game, which is the next one. 
And they get, he might come back early though. Like finger, like I'm sorry, I'm not trying to poop on your parade. Like, hope, like fingers crossed, he comes back early and you get to see him. But in any way, like even if I don't, uh, as long as the team competes, I'm happy. Like I don't need to see Connor. I've seen him play before. Uh, I'd like him to be back for that Jets game when we're both going to be there in Edmonton. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so and that I could see a very realistic anyways, game for him coming back to as well. Yeah, especially that's the first game in home after the trade deadline. So, which leads me into my second question for you. So two trains of thought that I see a lot throughout the fan base and throughout oil country. One is Holland owes it to this team to add at the deadline, whether that's a top six winger or a third line center. And the other is why mess with something when this team is the one that's got you this far. And this isn't the year to go all in anyways. Where do you sit? Uh, and I don't, I'm not even talking about like how much players cost or what the trade is. Just like, do you think Holland should be aggressive to add or do you think he should just keep the morale and keep the harmony and the chemistry that this team has currently? If it's anything that involves a Pugliarvi and a after a first round pick, so second on, uh, depending on the return, I'm, I'm into it. Taking a core roster player to add another roster player, I don't think helps our situation at all in any way. I don't think it's, I, again, like I don't think it's the season to buy. I think we've said this already in our podcast. Again, let's not talk about the specifics or like what we're giving up, but just if you can add a third line center for a third rounder, Done. You're, you're all in. I'm sold on that for sure. Yes, I am too. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, if it's a first round pick, I am not into it, especially in this draft coming up with how deep it's supposed to be. Exactly. Like the only way I think that it would have been worth it to give up a first round pick is if you're getting a guy like Zucker who just moved to Pittsburgh. And again, even then, I'm not like super sold on it, but I would have yeah. been like, OK with that. To me, if I'm especially preferably if it was conditional to me. I'm preferably keeping my first and second round pick uh, like as as much as possible unless there's a deal that you cannot pass up right that is going to be a core member of your team for seasons to come that's the thing like if he has two years after i'm like okay like yeah deep draft but i'm holding on to those for the draft so that we can move that with puliarvi in a package to move up if there's a player that we really have our heart on right our heart set on sorry but uh, your heart on <laughs> yeah yeah i'm super erect. i'm still yeah. i'm still all aboard the train of yesi puliarvi and like a second maybe a conditional second round pick for athens eu but some people I'm down that, for that too. I'm like if that like, was to happen at the trade deadline, that. done. Like for yeah. sure. I'm I'm sold on that. Yeah. We're not gonna get into like huge, huge things here because we're just about wrapping up here. But the the one thing I really like about that is like he's a guy that could be your three your three C or a top six winger. Like he plays both, he's fast, and it gives you the privilege of being able to have Shahan as like a really, really good fourth line center. So I, I really like that if he's the 3C or if he's in your top six, Shahan's been doing fine as a 3C. So I, I really, really like that move. Whether that gets accepted by Iserman, who knows? I mean, only Holland and Iserman know that. But the last thing, there's a couple more things I, I wanted to uh, to touch on. Just as far as kind of Oilers accomplishments here, uh, this season's Oilers team, I don't know if anyone saw on Reddit or if I didn't see it circulate around Twitter, but this year's Oilers team through 56 games, has the fourth highest power play percentage ever. And for a team that has had such a bad power play for so long, I'm like, we're spoiled, I think. 
Because I think people, and us too probably, still kind of critique the power play at times. Like, I think it can be better. Oh, I do think it will will be better. As soon as we get, like, actual roster players that aren't, you know, as much as James Neal is a force on on that first line power play, and, and we do and have I mean, the shooters, right? Like, as well too. Yeah, but, like, having having a full top nine roster that we can have a second power play unit as well that will pump that number up too. Like, because that's basically, we depend on the first line power play right now. And as well, well as Bouchard like a, coming a Bouchard, up and Bear coming yeah. into his own and having like an actual point shot, like, no, it's going to, it's going to become scary where you cannot well, you're just take a bees. penalty against Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, if you get, if Bouchard turns into the power play weapon, that we've seen in the AHL and that we assume he's going to be at the NHL level that gives you just more freedom, right? Where now it's not like, cause you have your four players of dry Nuge, cleft bomb and McDavid as like locked on your number one power play unit. And you're seeing like Yamamoto's improving and Bouchard's coming up. Bear might be there. So it's like, it just gives you more leeway of having a second unit that can come out for a legit, like 45 seconds and might actually score. Because I don't like our second power play unit. They might have like one goal this year, but they also literally get like maybe 10 or 15 seconds of power play. Lots of them, they don't get any. So I can't, I'm not critiquing them there. But the other thing I did want to say too, Kyle and I on our free agency episode before we joined the Hockey Podcast Network last summer, we had an episode where we were breaking down all the free agent signings and we looked at Smith's stats and He had a really rough year the year before. Everybody knew about the playoff round. But since January 1st of last season to the point we signed him, his numbers were actually really, really good. So I took a look into that this year now that we're into February. So after the win in Chicago, since January 1st, Smith is fifth in save percentage. He's tied for third in wins, 26 in goals against average, which isn't great, but it's still in the top, like one goalie for every team. And he's one of only four goalies in the league with a minimum of seven games played with zero regulation losses since January 1st. Like he has been absolutely money. And he was 38 of 41 for a 927 against Chicago. Like it is so nice to have our goalies kind of literally alternating when one of them gets hot. Yeah, no, we've been blessed with goaltending this year, considering we thought that was going to be our biggest weakness heading into the season. I know we've said that a few times as well, but... Like, my God, just absolutely blessed. As soon as Koskinen, right, starts to cool off and Smith was cold before and then comes back in after the new year and just starts lighting games up. And, like, he he is an emotional force right now and he is playing with some goddamn swagger. And I'm just waiting for him to mess up uh, playing the puck and it results into a big goal and the it's been close fan a base times, to yeah. just bury him yeah. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Forget about the last month and a half. Bury him. He's terrible. <laughs> I, I kind of reflected back and I actually listened to a bit of that episode today when I was kind of getting ready for tonight. And it's nuts because the way we were talking about it, and I'm not saying that we were like, we foresaw this or anything like that, but we were nervous and we thought it was a weakness, but both you and I were kind of like, who knows, maybe they'll alternate being hot at the right time and we can just ride the hot hand and like keep alternating. And I think from that perspective, like, we really can't ask for anything more from our goalies and our defense has improved, but it still has a ways to go. So, I mean, they're bailing out some pretty bad plays at times 
And yeah, it's, I mean, I, it's hard to ask for anything else. It really is. But anyways, ranting over for the night, we are going to wrap it up there, everybody. Again, jump in on that Twitter giveaway, check out our page, use that discount code THPN at AlleyCat, as well as my bookie to get a discounted AlleyCat and some free play money from my bookie. Have a great rest of your week, everybody, and we will talk to you on Monday. Okay, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Oil Country Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate the support. As far as our schedule, we do release episodes every Monday and Thursday through the Hockey Podcast Network. You can search them up on any podcast app, SoundCloud, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, the whole nine yards. The other new exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next uh, about a week into February is we are getting our own individual feeds with the Hockey Podcast Network. So you can still continue to subscribe to the main feed and get 31 teams podcasts in addition to the extra ones with Terry Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you want to just listen to us, if that's you're just looking for your Oilers fix, you can look up the Oil Country podcast feed presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's the best way to get our episodes as early as possible and auto-download those to your device or stream them or whatever you want to do. After you guys listen to us, if you want to get in contact with us or give us any feedback, we would love if you could hit us up on Twitter at at OilCountryPod, or you can leave us a text or a voicemail at 587-415-2894. You can also reach us at www.OilCountryPodcast.com. We are a little bit late with updating our archived episodes, so we're a little bit behind there. We know most people listen to a feed, so we're not super, super concerned there, but that is on our to-do list. But you can contact us through there. If you want to be a guest on our show, leave a question for us. You can contact us through that website, and it's got a little bit more information for you there as well. One of the things, if you are enjoying what you're hearing from us, the thing you can do that helps us out the absolute most, obviously sharing on social media, et cetera, et cetera. But if you leave us a review, I know some services don't let you leave that review, but I know if you're on iTunes or Google Play, anything like that, if you leave us a positive review, five-star review, if you are really liking us, that helps us with the charts and to gain more listeners and everything like that. And it would be very much appreciated. The one last thing that we're going to do before we leave you is we want to give a shout out to our personal partner, Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. If you go in there at any time, you can say THPN to your server and you'll get 10% off your bill. We are another exciting thing going on with Alley Cat. We are planning on recording a live episode at the end of the month when Kyle is in Edmonton. So we're going to do that on location Keep that in mind. We're going to, we'll get you guys more details and everything like that as we get a little bit closer to the date. But if anybody wants to come in and meet us or sit in on a live recording, you can definitely do that. And we are super stoked to have uh, maybe just a couple beers at Alley Cat and see what happens with the night. I'm having more than a couple for sure. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you guys on next episode. Yeah.